Welcome to the Just a GP podcast. We are doing another COVID special as we team up with the Good GP to deliver some updates that are relevant for general practice. As a disclaimer, we are recording this as of the 17th of March 2020. The information contained in this episode is likely to change as information changes on a daily, if not weekly basis. And we recommend that you go with the most up-to-date advice from the most recent episode. We will try and actively remove episodes that become out of date, but keep in mind that we are all very busy and may not have this chance. So it's useful for you to be wary of the date that it's recorded on. I have my usual co-hosts, Dr. Beck Hoffman and Dr. Charlotte Hesby recording with me today. Today we'll actually be covering flu clinics. We are expecting the flu vaccinations to be available around April and we're already planning about how this might occur amongst the COVID outbreak. So welcome ladies. Can we start with your highlight, Charlotte? Oh, thanks, Ash. Yes, no, I think my highlight that I'm going to talk about today is the fact that I've been looking for ways to laugh. Laugh is a great way of feeling better and one of those sorts of things is just seeing some of the ridiculous things that people are doing in order to do their sort of feeling of social distancing safety. So this morning my husband sent me a photo of someone in his train carriage with a wine box on his head and that was obviously his strategy when he couldn't find a mask so that was my laugh of the day. I love that people are going to such extremes. Well, I don't love it. I think it's extraordinary. But I have a potentially even better laughing option for those with small kids. And that's going to be my highlight of the week. And I'm sure most parents already know this, but Bluey's new season is out today, which is so exciting for so many parents. Bluey is an Australian TV show. It is about a family of blue healers and it is fantastic and highly recommend any parents or general Australians to go and have a laugh. They do quite a good plug on Australians fairly constantly. It's great, great fun for the kids. My highlight is now that I'm working from home at this stage and I'm not allowed to go and get coffee for myself is my husband's had to bring me coffee and uh, can I say he's not so happy about it but I do appreciate it very much and today he got me too so that was definitely a highlight. Charlotte, a lot of people have been talking online about flu clinics and how we're going to run them because often a lot of general practices will do um, mass immunisation where we have a lot of people waiting in the waiting room and doing quite frequent uh, immunisations to get everybody that is at risk immunised really quickly. And given that we're recommending social distancing and not hanging out in crowded areas, everyone's worrying about how we might be able to run flu clinics. So could you give us a bit of an update on where we are at in terms of what New South Wales Health and potentially Australia-wide is thinking about the National Immunisation Program and if there's going to be any assistance in terms of helping practices to manage this. Thanks, Ash. This is a great topic because we know that we've been trying to encourage everybody to consider having flu vax this year because we certainly don't want people having a double whammy of a coronavirus infection followed up or at the same time as an influenza infection. And with influenza, even though it's less infectious, we have people who get sick across the whole broad range of ages. So we do need to do as much as we can to prevent influenza. Unlike COVID, 
We do have a vaccination program, so let's go for it. New South Wales Health itself has got more vaccinations than they've ever had, so we can vaccinate everybody. So going to your question about how do we do that safely, at this point in time, the whole thing about, in inverted commas, mass immunisation is being discussed. How do you do it? How do you do it safely? What's the scheduling, etc.? So my biggest thing is watch this space. Maybe go back into your own practice and think about a system whereby you could institute flu vaccinations without patients having to all sit and wait in the waiting room, how it might be done in a you know safe way in terms of PPE and what we might want to do in terms of making sure that we do maximise our numbers at the same time as minimising risk to everybody at the same time as the COVID. What we're planning to do from a college perspective is to actually give some specific guidelines to assist So again, it's about watch this space. Recommendations will come to assist you and hopefully that will all be out before the actual vaccination is available. Please remember that there is private flu vaccines already available in the pharmacy, but these vaccinations do not cover, well certainly in New South Wales, do not cover the elderly population. So we do not give the pharmacies access and they cannot buy privately the vaccines for 65s and overs. So they do need to come through general practice. And of course, they are the most vulnerable population. So we do need to really be all putting our collective brains to how we're going to set up systems to maximise coverage, minimise risk of exposure to COVID. And it's a good reminder that influenza is not like COVID and does affect young children and young adults and is generally, if contracted, a more severe illness, as in the severity of the symptoms can be much greater, but not necessarily as fatal. That's right. And by our predictions, unfortunately, the peak, well, when the infections start coming, will be around when we're expecting our peak numbers with COVID. In April, we need to really be rolling out a sort of a program for how we're going to do the vaccinations to prevent that double whammy infection. Now, generally, the advice in previous years has been that we definitely need to immunise those at risk and those people that are considered the populations at risk have a government-funded vaccination, but we often recommend that people outside that will pay for a vaccination for themselves. Is there any word on whether there will be a broadened criteria given this unusual time that we're going to be having influenza and COVID together? Not at this point in time. So again, hopefully there's a there's a couple of key meetings coming up. So hopefully some recommendations will come out of that to help clarify exactly who, what and how. So at this point, would you be suggesting that people don't make definite plans yet for how they're managing or doing their flu clinics until those recommendations are more specific? Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, we obviously know who we need to target. So I think it's worthwhile actually sort of pulling out of your database those populations, thinking about the numbers. How can you actually maximise your ability to cover them off for their vaccine in as short a time as possible with minimal contact within your practice? What does that look like? Do you actually need to really set up a completely different mechanism for doing it so that, for instance, it's done at a different place in in your practice or even a different location altogether? 
look, I don't know, I'm just asking people to be innovative in thinking about how you can maximise those numbers for that population. Thinking about planning how you might do flu clinics could be something for the people that are at home with their coughs and colds from the medical centre. Charlotte? Yeah, absolutely. Great idea. It's also a good opportunity for them to actually do some of that database searching that I was just talking about. You know, being able to set up a remote access into the surgery and hopefully get access to sort of some data stuff in conversations with other GPs in your practice and sort of look like, well, what are the numbers? How many people are we targeting? What can we reasonably do on a daily access sort of numbers is there a way of us being able to get it all set up via telehealth remembering all of the 65s well not all all bar five years worth are currently covered by the ability to do telehealth just by the fact that they're 70 and over and so what might be a system of being able to use that to maximize your coverage Excellent. So this might go on the record as being one of the shortest podcasts we've ever done. For my resource, I'm going to talk about looking out in the emails and the webinar coming up for New South Wales and ACT. And I'm sure there's other states that the RACGP will be hosting webinars on the flu vaccination, but there will be a flu vaccination webinar update done by New South Wales and ACT, and that will be in conjunction with New South Wales Health. So you're going to have a lot of emails coming in your inbox about COVID. Don't forget the regular emails, which give you the idea about what webinars are coming up for the other clinical information that we might need during this time. Beck. I want to again plug Health Pathways, and I know I've plugged them before on a different topic, but their COVID pathways will be released either early this week or due out this week. I haven't seen the one for our region, but I've seen the ones for other regions, and they're fantastic. And they will be able to assist with uh, the locations of your any respiratory fever clinics and drive-throughs for testing for COVID, etc. And so what's your resource, Charlotte? My resource, I'm going to be boring, is just go to your daily COVID update with the college because it'll be on there that we will post these sorts of resources as they come out and certainly highlight any recommendations about this sort of, by the way, assistance in how we can improve the systems of care for everybody else outside of COVID. Excellent. I think that's something to keep in mind and something that I've started to reflect on a bit more lately is that you know, if we can create our general practices to be safe places for us to manage the population, then, you know, who's who's going to treat all the, the diabetes, the heart disease, the hypertension, the UTIs, the pregnancies, the mental health and, you know, the influenzas if the whole health system is orientated towards COVID. And so I think this is a really opportune time to really acknowledge and recognise the great work that GPs do in Australia at keeping everybody healthy and out of hospital at every other time when it's not an epidemic or a pandemic and making sure that we create environments that are safe for us to be able to continue to practice in that way.